Hello there, Obi-Wan Kenobi here, and you're listening to Frontlines, the Clone Wars podcast, brought to you by StarWarsDaily.com. The Force will be with you, always. Welcome to the 58th episode of Frontlines, the Clone Wars podcast for the episode Evil Plans. Uh, this is your host, triumphantly returning, uh, Michael Cohen. <laughs> He's triumphantly uh, returning. I like that. a long absence. I've, yeah. I've been out of it for a little while. I wanted to say this. I was listening to one of the episodes and, uh, oh, what was it? Maybe you got, did you guys talk about the possibility of new Star Wars movies? Yeah, that was our. Uh, yeah, okay, that was, that was it then. You you guys were talking about that, and and I I I literally said out loud, "Geez, I'm out of it for a little while," and everybody's got <laughs> delusions of grandeur yeah. because there uh, are no new Star Wars movies. George Lucas came out and denied that a little while ago. But before we get into any news or anything like that, uh, I I'm here, Michael Cohen, your host as always, and with me is my faithful co-pilot, Matt Crinky, who uh, who. Uh, you know, took took over for me while I was away. Yeah, uh, in Disneyland in the D land. D land. So uh, how was D land? Jedi training. Oh man, it was awesome. It was yeah. the I Jedi training thing. Just on that. Oh man. Yeah. Well, I was gonna say uh, the last time I went, um, it was the first time I got to experience that Jedi training academy, and that was a blast. I mean, I just sitting there watching, and the time I went, so they had this great, this great. He was a. He was. I don't know if he was a. Chinese or Korean or whatever, but yeah, he was stinking hilarious. Same guy, same guy. Hilarious. I'll show you. I'll show you pictures later. I guarantee okay. it's the same guy. Is it? I mean, he would. He was so good that, and he was so quick that yeah. every kid that came up and did something, yeah. he would have some kind of a quip for it. It was hilarious. It was yep. a great show. Totally, great show. totally the same guy. He's okay. awesome. He's the yeah. greatest ever. Um, yeah, yeah. It was. Uh, it it was pretty crazy. It was great. Um, I I really really loved the whole weekend there and uh so a uh, shame that that star tours is shut down at the moment but that yeah. just gives me an ex- excuse to go back next year so um, yeah that i can do yeah. that i mean i got to ride star tours in florida so right right yeah. um, not that big of a deal because they're the same at both locations so um yeah. but yeah i everything else that i got i got r2d2 mickey mouse ears so it's like the Mickey Mouse ears, like the little hat part is like the R2-D2 dome. And okay. then the, um, the, the ears look kind of like the Death Star, uh, the Death Star dish. Yeah. They look kind of like that. So I don't know if, is that, if that's what it's supposed to be or like the top of R2's dome or whatever. But 
Uh, those are the Mickey ears that I got for my first pair of Mickey Mouse nice. ears. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it was it was a uh, beyond that though was all the tr Tron stuff because right, the new yeah. Tron movie's coming out and just yeah. to digress a little bit the uh, the full trailer the full theatrical trailer for Tron just hit today or oh, yeah. yesterday and yeah. it is unbelievable and I saw seven minutes of the movie when I was in oh uh, you did. Uh, Adventure. Yeah, we saw yeah. seven minutes of it in 3D. First of all, the 3D blows Avatar out of the freaking water. That's what I heard, yeah. Because yeah. Avatar was all right, but Avatar, everything felt CG, whereas because of the nature of the world of Tron, because of the way that the grid is designed, or the grid being the world that Tron takes place in, um, because of the way that it's designed and, and the way that, that it looks, even though intellectually you know it's computer animated it doesn't really matter because it's so stylized and sleek and everything's so mm -hmm. shiny anyways that it just you're totally sold on it and you believe every single second of it and it just it blew me away so um i cannot wait to see that movie i'm i'm just like i'm itching oh, yeah. to get in the theater to see that in 3d it's yeah. going to be a heck of an experience well, imax I'm actually yeah, and I had a I listened to a podcast where they the host saw like the first 25 minutes or something like that, and they said the same thing. 3D was awesome, and it just looked. I mean, they were just blown away. So high praise oh, and already. And the 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 um, digital clone of Jeff Bridges. Yeah, yeah. is like Jeff Bridges when he was like in his 30s. Right. So like 20, 25, 30 years ago. Um, well, maybe maybe in his 20s, I guess. Um, it just it just looks amazing. It, it, it's unbelievable it, the, how far technology has come since the last Tron movie. I mean, yeah. that's that's so far before my time, and I mean, like that's not too long after Star Wars. So right, right. Uh, but yeah, good times. Uh, I, I cannot wait for it. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but in the meantime, I missed out on so much. Um, yeah. Yeah, you missed out on a few news things, and uh, I guess we'll finish up talking about that that uh, new Star Wars after we uh, get to a couple of items. So uh, yeah, I guess let's uh, hit hit their first couple of things. Get ready. This is it. How do I get it? Uh, right. I thought you might say that. What are you talking about? Well, everybody thanked me at once. That doesn't sound too hard. So what I told you is true. Wrong. All right, so the first thing coming up in the news is uh, this new Star Wars uh, augmented reality game called the Star Wars Arcade Falcon Gunner. And I don't know yes. if you got a chance to see this, Mike. This thing looks freaking cool. Freaking cool. The first augmented reality Star Wars game. And uh, I guess it overlays itself on whatever appears in the camera lens of your iPhone or iPod Touch. Yeah. Uh, so if you're looking at the sky or whatever, it it's, it's shows the sky and then the... Uh, I guess the game has the, the TIE Fighters or whatever you're shooting at coming at you yeah. in the game. And it just, like, blows my mind when I saw the video of this. I mean, you can find this all over the Internet now. So uh, just, you know, ramping it up. I mean, we got the – what was the other game that we got that was – you shot down TIE Fighters? Um, Trench Run. Yeah. Trench Run was the first one, and now they're just, like, pushing the envelope with this one. 
So I'm like really excited to see this game and start playing this game. This thing looks awesome. Did you get a chance to check out the video of this? I did, yes. Yeah, yeah I saw it the other day when, uh, when it got posted on StarWars.com. And, uh, well, StarWars.com posted a link to it on another website. But, um, yeah, man, whew, just just I do this stuff. <laughs> uh, that, like, yeah, they, the video shows it, this dude playing it on, uh, he's, like, on, on the roof of a building in New York, and the New York skyline is in the background. Yeah, and it's yeah. just, uh, yeah, oh, it, it's such a cool concept rather than just giving us another game that we've already gotten to, uh, to, to give us this new experience, like this augmented reality thing. Yeah, and, right. And uh, I'm, I'm psyched. Yeah. I, I can't wait. I'll download it the second it's out. Yeah. It's due out in mid-November uh, for the iPhone, yeah. uh, 3GS, iPod Touch, uh, all that stuff. So, um, yeah, TH, THQ Wireless is behind us also, so they did the trench run. So it, it looks like it's going to be a, a fun game. And, uh, man, I tell you what, I got a lot of friends who have some Android phones, but I'm pretty happy with my iPhone and to see the stuff they do with this. Uh, man, thumbs up, man. Thumbs up for THQ and their yeah. iPhone stuff. It's awesome. Yeah, just way to keep it fresh and to give us new experiences with uh, without uh, – doing something out there and weird, yeah. right like oh well, i don't know i guess i guess some of the stuff they've done has been a little bit out there but yeah yeah so yeah check that out so like i said november it's supposed to come out sometime so keep an eye out for that and uh you know who knows how much it's going to cost 4.99 or something like that that's what trench one was i think it was 4 yeah i'm sure it'll be five bucks so that's no big deal that's sounds good. that's that's reasonable and it looks cool so if you haven't, haven't seen this uh head on out to uh you know, just put the search in Star Wars, you know, Falcon Gun, and you'll see it. It's, it's pretty awesome. Yeah. I think uh, they got a thing just on StarWars.com. So. Oh, is it there? Okay. Okay, yeah. yeah. Just, that's easy. Um, also going on this, this week, uh, ILM Documentary Showcases Visual Effects Magic. So uh, I just want to read a little bit here. There's no question that George Lucas's Industrial Light and Magic Studio has led to unprecedented developments in movie-making history over the last 35 years. Now, the world-renowned special effects house is the subject of a new documentary set to premiere this Friday on the Encore Cable Network. The documentary is called Industrial Light and Magic, Creating the Impossible, and according to CNET, it will feature some of Hollywood's most prominent artists gushing about how the famous visual effects studio has changed filmmaking forever. And, of course, films like Pirates of the Caribbean, The Terminator stuff, Jurassic Park, uh, as well as Star Wars, are all going to be part of this documentary. So... I don't know if you guys get Encore in uh, in Canada. Uh, I don't think. Oh, if it's on some type of another type of network. Yeah, but probably it's, uh, not. We have a show. We have a network called Encore Avenue, but yeah, it's different. It's like a like a TV specialty channel. Yeah, so, or like a movie specialty channel, I should say. Yeah. So uh, this Friday, actually, November twelfth, is supposed to to air. So. Uh, nine o'clock, whatever that is. Uh, it doesn't say Eastern or Mountain or Pacific or whatever, but uh, you can just adjust accordingly. It's on the Encore Network, and this is pretty interesting because I'm into. I love all watching all the behind-the-scenes type stuff and all the movies. And no matter what movie it is, you know, if I rent a movie, uh, especially action movies and stuff like that, I love watching the behind-the-scenes and how they create stuff. And so this yeah. is something like right up my alley, uh, watching uh, a little documentary on uh, ILM and. 35 years it's been a long time and uh, 
So that should be an interesting um, documentary. Check it out. CNET.com yeah. says, says check it out. Thumbs up. So uh, look for that, uh, like I said, November 12th, this Friday. So, you know, I want to ask you also, Mike, uh, you heard one of our podcasts when we talked about uh, Star Wars, and I gave some uh, tidbits on why this particular rumor was maybe a little bit different. I mean, I'm still, like, ultra skeptical, you know, until yeah. you actually hear something, it's like, you know, just kind of goes over your head, whatever, because we hear these all the time, you know, every, yeah. every few months we get them, but what did you think of some of the facts that came about like you know maybe this 3d thing is is going to help bankroll this thing or or, or finance it um some of the scoops that this other this supposed uh place has has come across in the past you know about how they were the first to, to break the news about the clone wars trilogy and the star wars tv series and blah 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 whatever do you think there's anything to that stuff or are you still pretty pretty skeptical I'm hugely skeptical. Hugely skeptical. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was in the room at C5, and the subject was broached of of future Star Wars movies, and just uh, there's people saying that Mark Hamill will be involved in this new trilogy, and and that's sort of, and from his his I. Uh, uh, Um, keynote sort of thing, you know, like from his his uh, show that we went and saw when we were at C5. He did not sound at all like he was going to be gearing up for production on a new Star Wars movie, and George Lucas certainly did not. I mean, the only thing that would make me think that this is somewhat credible is the fact that they can't find a way to do the TV show for mm -hmm. the money that it right. costs. Yeah. Um, that being said, They'll, they'll figure out a way to do the TV show eventually. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's, funny the, thing. the movie's not happening. Like, there, we won't, I don't think that we will see more movies until George Lucas officially announces his retirement or sadly until else. he dies. Yeah, right. right like, right. it will be somebody sense. else. Yeah. Um, I, I can see his, his, uh, daughter who has been writing for Clone the last. Wars couple of episodes of Clone Wars yeah. or um, a, f a few of the ones recently um, I can see her sort of taking up those reins um, right. and and penning some new Star Wars stuff but it won't have anything to do with the Skywalkers I guarantee no. and uh, I don't think it's I don't think it's even worth speculating about at the moment I think, yeah. I think anything that could possibly happen is so far off that it's not even worth discussing. Well, yeah, that was another thing too. Is they were talking about well, they would they would start production or, or come out after all the 3D. Well, you're talking what seven, eight, ten, whatever years it is from now. Yeah. You know, and like I said before, I mean, Lucas is going to be in his late 60s by then. I mean, he's, or even maybe 70. I don't know how. I'm not exactly sure how old he is, but it may be in his mid 70s by then. I mean, I don't know if he's really going to do that. And yeah. the only thing I could think of is. He'd either pass the torch to either like someone like Katie Lucas or maybe his family or to Dave Filoni if he just stays in this universe yeah. after the Clone Wars because he's yeah. kind of shown that, that he can handle uh, this, this type of stuff. So I don't know. It was, it was, it's kind of fun to always think, oh, there's going to be new. And then you hear these stories about, oh, maybe the 3D is going to bankroll and this and that. 
But I remember what podcast, it was the one that JC was on, and, and he said, listening to Lucas, there was just something different. I mean, he was, he couldn't pinpoint exactly what it was. It was just like, he was happy about everything, it seemed like. And, yep. and my other thing was, Lucas, I think, finally realizes that Star Wars is his legacy, and, you know, he's going to start, just embrace it and, and just, he tries to do other stuff, but Star Wars is what he is. And maybe one of these days uh, he's going to sit down and go, yeah, I'm, here's the TV show because this is what I want to do. Star Wars is my thing. I love it. Let's keep doing it. Yeah. And, you know, like I said, maybe he passes it on to somebody else. Hopefully someday that would be kind of cool to give somebody else a shot at it, like a Filoni or maybe one of his kids. So I don't know. Like you said, it's so far off. The way they were talking, they were talking 2017 or something like that. Well, that's yeah, it, that's way too long to even think it's about. It's just anything. so there's so many things about it that are just so ridiculous, and I think a lot of it is just stemming from rumors that have been churning since C5 with yeah um, with uh, George saying that he's not going to be doing the TV show until they can afford it, and then. Um, Mark Hamill mentioning in his in his uh, panel panel that's the word I was looking for earlier panel um, that uh, when he originally signed on for Star Wars that George talked to him about seven eight nine um, and that hmm. Luke Skywalker would be in those in much the way that that Obi Wan Kenobi is in the originals yeah. that makes sense um, and uh, and and I I see how people would now look at that and go, like they would hear that news and they would get excited, but Hamill specifically said, he specifically said, and I hope everybody's listening so they can tell all of their Star Wars friends, this does not mean that we're making a Star Wars movie. (laughs) This was a conversation we had way back in 1976. That is that is not exactly, but that is specifically what he said. That that idea that like, okay, I'm gonna tell you guys about this, and I'm gonna give you guys the 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 info that you know like we spoke about it and we discussed the possibility of there being a seven eight nine, but that like me saying that doesn't mean it's happening. It's not happening. George has said it's not gonna happen. It's yeah. not happening. So, like, that, that's what he said at C5. And I don't see that as a smokescreen because if you were going, like, why would, why would that info get out now? Why would that happen now? Why would that not have leaked at C5, C5 or yeah. after C5 or been announced at C5? I mean, come on, people. It, yeah. It's, what, they're going to wait another three years before they announce something? I don't think so. Yeah, I, I really don't think so. That it's just it's it's too much, I think. But yeah. I don't know. I love a guy can dream, you know. Someday maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I think there will be more Star Wars movies in 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 our lifetime. Um, I don't think yeah. that George Lucas will have anything to do with them. Probably not. Yeah. I really don't think so. I mean, he's getting up there, and if if yeah. they're just like they got to get. Clone Wars and uh, and the 3D movies dealt with, and then live after action, that, yeah. yeah, we've got the live action series, and then maybe we can start thinking about some new movies, but yeah, not anytime soon. And Mark Hamill will not be. In 
Yeah. Well, that's uh, kind of a little bit of what's going on. Any other news you wanted to uh, share? Anything going on that? Uh, no, but it's you know? it's been kind of quiet. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, not too much going on. It seems like there was a lot going on while I was not on the show, and then we had that week off where there was no episode, yeah. and uh, and things have quieted down. I mean, we've got huge things coming in Clone Wars in the next little while, so yeah, um, yeah, we should probably we should probably just stick to Clone Wars stuff. But we got some collecting news. Just a couple things, you know. It's uh, it's starting to be that uh, holiday season, and uh, stores are starting to ramp up and get their sales going so i was you know kind of trolling around uh last couple of days looking at stuff and uh the first thing is the clone cash is returning uh with a little bit of a twist hasbro is once again making it a little easier for collectors to pick up their uh star wars toys this year with the return of the clone wars cash promotion and this is uh i guess like last year the clone wars action figures had a, a random insert uh for clone cash and uh, it was a special deal you get five dollars off uh their next purchase of a star wars toy so that's kind of cool, and uh, there's some different options though this year. Uh, a couple of them so far that have been found are the five dollars off any Star Wars lightsaber purchase of fifteen dollars or more, and five dollars off any Star Wars vehicle purchase of twenty dollars or more. So that's kind of cool, especially with the vehicle thing. Uh, there's yeah. a lot of cool vehicles uh, out this year. With the, I with was the just stuff. in a Toys R Us earlier today checking out vehicles, and they've got like the, the Republic hover tank. And yeah, and, uh, and and some other cool stuff. So yeah, and and along those lines, uh, Target the same thing. There it seems like every week now they're starting some different stuff uh, with the holidays. Uh, from now until the twenty fourth of November, <clears throat> they're having a, the the holiday sale, so you can get the uh, the AT AT for only seventy nine dollars. I mean that thing came out and it was ninety nine dollars just a few weeks ago. It's dropped yeah. to seventy nine. Um, the Boba Fett helmet's 29. The RC Hailfire droid is uh, 54. But interestingly, <clears throat> at uh, Toys R Us, the uh, oh no, it's the Millennium Falcon too. Also, they have an RC Millennium Falcon for 44. But at Toys R Us, it's 39. So you know these stores are going back and forth with their prices. Uh, Hasbro's got their at Target their vintage collection right now for 6.99. So that's a that's a pretty good deal. I gotta hit uh, Target for that because I got some Wave Two I gotta finish up. So, just you know, everything as far as the you know the WalMarts, the Targets, the Toys R Us, they're having lots of stuff. So keep an eye on your on your papers and your big books because you'll find a lot of good uh, good sales in there. Um, and especially for someone like me who's looking to get that ATAT, seventy nine dollars. And if you if you buy one of these Clone Wars figures, you get five dollars off. Uh, of the uh, anything over twenty dollars, so that would go towards it as well. So, uh, just check your uh, check your Toys R Uses and your Targets, and you'll find some some good deals in there. But other than that, there's just you know it's a standard. You know, the Sideshow's got their stuff coming out, but uh, I just wanted to mention because I know a lot of guys like to collect the action figures and the vehicles, and yeah. uh, those are big right yeah. now. So I had to mention that. Uh, anything uh, as far as collecting? You pick up anything in uh, Disneyland while you're out? Uh, just the ears and a t-shirt. Yeah. Yeah, I got a, I got a rogue squadron or a red squadron, something like that. Rebel Alliance, I think it says, on the shoulder. Uh, it's just like gray, gray t-shirt with red, uh, sorry, uh, black, uh, like a, a gray and black ringer. Like 
it's got like the oh, okay yeah and, yeah um, and then uh, on the chest it has like a, a rebel helmet in orange and on one shoulder it's got the rebel insignia and says rebel alliance in orange underneath it it's a pretty cool t-shirt now did you uh, I have to mention real quick since uh, you were at uh, Disneyland did they did they have a opening date for the uh, uh, the last tour to end start tours yeah uh, no, it, it, it just says uh, that they're that it's closed uh, and that the new Star Tours is coming in 2011. And in the uh, in the office that has all like the the upcoming stuff, like new stuff, they have just the stuff that we've seen, um, okay. just some some concept art, uh, a couple of images of like the the what do they call the ship in Star Tours? Whatever oh. it is. Yeah, I know. Um, I can't think of it right now, but they have like a couple of images of it, like in the pod race and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, okay. And then uh, just, just like images of the new, uh, whatever that ship is called. It is. Is so it some kind of a shuttle or something like that? I, I can't remember what exactly it's called. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. Okay. I just wondered because I, I'm planning to. I want to try to go to that next year sometime during the opening because uh, we haven't been to Disneyland in a couple of years. I and, uh, guarantee you before that summer it is that it'll it'll open during Star Wars weekends. Whether they bust their butts and get it done for Star Wars weekends, or whether they move Star Wars weekends to later in the summer in order to accommodate Star Tours opening. Yeah. If they don't reopen Star Tours during Star Wars weekends, then that's just silly. Yeah. So. That's a big opportunity right there. So, yeah, because I, like I said, I do want to plan a trip down there this next year. It's been a, a few years, and uh, what perfect time to go than to uh, check out the new uh, the new Star Tours ride. So, as soon as uh, we find anything, we'll be sure to let uh, our listeners know as well. So, um, I guess that's going to do it for uh, the news and collecting for this week. You ready to head on over to the recap? Yeah, let's do it. All right. I learned how to use the Force and become a Jedi like my father. Here's where the fun begins. I thought you might say that. If it's evil, become a great Jedi. Kenobi! Skywalker! I've missed you. Uh, right. I'm Ahsoka Tano. Destroy them both! You're both right. Let's make this a bit more interesting. For 800 years have I trained Jedi. All right, here we go with evil plans. In her apartment on Coruscant, Padme Amidala frantically issues orders to several servant droids in preparation for a formal dinner party for Senator Aang. Anakin tries to keep her calm, uh, but Padme only becomes more stressed when C-3PO notices that Senator Aang's favorite fruitcake dessert is missing. It's Jogan fruit topping. Anakin uh, gives R2-D2 a handful of credits and sends him and 3PO to buy the fruit before the dinner starts. And, Mike, I just have to say, we open up this exciting episode with a dinner party. Okay. <laughs> All right, oh, then. man. It's just, you know, I missed the good episode, and I didn't get to talk about it. With yeah. Assassin, yeah. Because Assassin was awesome. Yeah. Uh, such a great episode. 
yeah. so so like full of of uh, action and uh, and some intrigue and stuff. But we're back to the old. Yeah. What, theme what of, is uh, this? Yeah. What's going on? Like, well, you know what's funny is check this out. <sighs> like last season two, it was like a bunch of cool stuff, and then just once in a while you'd have just like a yeah you know Senate murders or whatever it was, and and you could it was cool you can deal with it. But this year, it seems like it's just totally flipped the other way. It's like we get these really exciting, great, you know, action-filled episodes just once in a while. And everything yeah. else has been, you know, the Padmes and the, the T's and whatever. I, I, I got to be perfectly honest with you on this episode. I half paid attention to it. Yeah. No, I know. Like, I right mean, from the get-go, I was like, oh, cool. I'll pay attention when Cad Bane is on screen. Yeah. That, yeah. that was about it. And it's yeah, that like, was the good parts, yeah. You get to the freaking droids ball, and I'm like, okay, so they're going to clean R2-D2. Big deal. <laughs> right? Well, like, yeah, yeah. And this episode oh. takes place sometime after Holocron Heist, but before Hostage Crisis, if, I, if I'm saying that right. Let's see, before... Uh, I don't... Actually, I don't think so. I think Holocron Heist takes place after this. Because Holocron Heist doesn't actually have a connection to any of that. Does it not have a connection stuff? to this? Okay. No, uh, it, the only connection is that Cad Bane is in both stories. Right. Um, but it's definitely before Hostage, hostage Crisis. Yeah, and it, yes, it's before Hostage Crisis. Um, it's the precursor to that. And okay. then the episode Assassin was a precursor to this one. And then next week's episode, Hunt for Zero, will be the episode that takes place after Hostage Crisis when Zero... Is After free. he's freed, so that's gonna be something new for yeah. us. Okay, got it, got it. Okay, I think I'm on a bandwagon here. I'm ready to go. <laughs> Sooner or later, they gotta release the timeline. You know, like I, I, I've said it before, and and I'll continue to say it. Um, they they're tying up loose ends of storylines that they want to deal with this season, mm -hmm. so that they can continue straight ahead, starting with season four. The, the reason for that being, I believe, is it comes out of the news that I, that we're going to get continuing episodes from, from this point on. Yeah. They won't be out of the timeline, like, jumping all over the place like they are right now. So yeah. I think that what they're doing is they had stories plotted for almost all of the stories from season one and two that would connect with other episodes. And rather than do them over the course of the next couple of years, mm -hmm. I think what they're doing now is they're just doing all of those episodes, and they're all set up and follow-up episodes to what were some of the best episodes of season one and two. Yeah. So what we're getting is the boring parts. We're getting the episode ones of all of the great stories from, from last season and, and the first season. Mm -hmm. So I think that's the big reason why, like, it just seems everything is so blah. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's just so boring, and we just keep getting these obnoxious storylines. Yeah. Because we are literally just getting tied up loose ends. Yeah. And, uh, and sooner or later, we're going to get to a point where, like, everything's all tied up, and all of those storylines are going to have... Uh, caps on both ends and we can move on yeah. and and continue on with the episodes moving forward because they no longer have a hundred episodes 
in the can or like written like they originally had said now the show's ongoing and will continue past those initial hundred episodes so i think like if they wrote those hundred episodes which is what they say is that they had the hundred stories um yeah as as basic stories and then they just break down the scripts as they go then they would have had all of these other tie like like tie-in episodes interspersed throughout the entire series throughout the entire five years but because now they're going okay from season three onwards or from season four onwards i should say we're gonna just move forward in the timeline and we're and we're not gonna have these holes to fill in that we better just take all of these things rearrange them and just do all of the ones that come before or immediately after stories that we've already done and do them now yeah. So okay. they'll get another like what what are we were into episode what was the last one like ten or eleven? Nine. That was the nine. Uh, no, nine. eight. 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 The eighth episode. Evil Plans was the eighth episode, and Hunter yeah. Zero is nine. So we've got another eleven, twelve, thirteen, thirteen episodes for the season that will fill in holes, and then from then on it'll be stuff that just moves forward from a certain point. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Um, I like, and that's this is all completely suspect and, and just me, uh, you know, sort of throwing ideas out there. Yeah. But I think this is what's happening. I think this is what what's going on. Yeah. Um, and uh, and t- time will tell on it. But uh, well, yeah. I have I have a you mentioned up tying up loose ends, and I'll save a I want to I want to talk about that for just for a second. I'll save that. Uh, for the end though but uh, but 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 go ahead I'll save it for the end okay uh, R2 and 3PO make their way through a busy marketplace in search of Jogan fruit unbeknownst to them the bounty hunter Cad Bane and his tro- droid Toto 360 are spawning on them and they plan to kidnap C3PO uh, I just have to say real quick that so we get to see 3PO and R2-D2 together, and they're, they're doing their best, uh, Lauren Hardy or Felix Unger and Oscar Madison or whatever, the odd couple. I'm kind yeah. of dating, dating myself here, but, uh, for, <laughs> you know, they're the be- you know, they're kind of the buds, you know, they're doing their thing. And this is, yeah. it kind of reminded you of, uh, kind of like, well, I'll, I'll, I'll mention this a little later. Um, let me skip that just for a second. Uh, and then we get to see Bane is back as well as Toto 360. And we saw Toto uh, destroyed in Holocron Heist. Now, according yeah. to Star Wars, uh, StarWars.com, Toto was rebuilt off-screen by Anakin Skywalker after the episode Children of the Force in an attempt by the Jedi to learn more about Bane and his whereabouts. Uh, the plan goes wrong, and Toto escapes. So uh, the episode immediately after this one is Hostage Crisis. So... For those of you like me, or like oh, so I guess it does take place. This does yeah. take place after. I think so. Things. Yeah. So those of you that are wondering about, like me, is like Toto's back. What the heck's going on? So there's a little retcon for you. Uh, he's, you know, he's he escaped from uh, Anakin. So, and 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 one last thing, as far as Toto goes, this is where I find Seth Green is at his best as as, as far as his voice work is concerned. Uh, yeah, sure. I wasn't too big, big of a fan of his voice work as uh, the Papanoida son, um, yeah. but for Toto, he's he's perfect. So I like that. So good work. Yeah, there. he's all right. Yeah, I can I can deal with him. Yeah. Three <laughs> uh, PO and R two find a vendor 
who has what they need, and after some haggling, they buy four Jogan fruit. The two droids begin to head back to Padme's apartment when Toto 360 approaches them and tries to talk them into going to a droid spa. C-3PO is tempted by the offer, but insists that they follow Anakin's instructions and return home. R2-D2, on the other hand, ignores 3PO's complaints and heads for the spa. With R2 out of the way, Toto pushes C-3PO into a waiting airspeeder, and Cad Bane's assassin droid, Helios 3E, takes them back to the bounty hunter. And the only say, thing I can say about this is that uh, the, the fruit vendor, whatever he was, he kind of reminded me of Yosemite Sam for some reason. Just maybe the way he looked. <laughs> and I, you know, you know Yosemite Sam is, right? Yeah. You know, arr, you know, with the big handlebar mustaches. That's like the immediate the, the vision came to my mind. It's like, this is kind of weird. And uh, this is just like R2-D2, though. He's hard-headed uh, if, you know, for a droid. Uh, once he gets something into his head, there's nothing that's going to stop him. And much like we saw, and this is what I was talking about a little bit earlier, much like we saw in A New Hope when he kind of tricked Luke into taking the uh, restraining bolt off yeah. so he can go find Obi-Wan, this is the same type of thing here. He's just gone, you know. No matter what C-3PO's doing, he's got something in his mind, and he's going to do it. So I thought that kind of was a little throwback to the to the uh, uh, A New Hope there with uh, R2 yeah. taking off and going off. So uh, anyway, uh, go ahead, Mike. R2-D2 makes his way into the spa, where he is warmly greeted by servant droids. Meanwhile, Cad Bane takes C-3PO to his hideout in the Coruscant factory district. R2 gets pampered with oil baths and decarbonizing buffs, while 3PO gets tortured for information. That's not a very good trade-off. <laughs> Cad Bane repeatedly shocks the protocol droid and demands that he reveal the blueprints for the Senate building. 3PO protests that he is only programmed for etiquette and protocol, and that technical data is R2's specialty. Bane orders Helios 3E to go find the astromech droid. Ah! Ah! Exactly the sort of behavior I am talking about. According to the analyzer, he is not lying. His head's totally empty of any information useful to us. Empty? I protest. I am fluent in over six million forms of communication. I have extensive programming in the correct methods Ain't of... Ain't that great? A brainless droid. Worthless. My lack of knowledge is not an impediment at all. Floor plans, blueprints are not in my programming. That was always half to speciality. R2? The astromech? Go fetch me his little pal. All right, poor 3PO, man. He's always, it's always something with him. He gets tortured by <laughs> R2's getting pampered. What's up? Like you said, what is the trade-off here? Um, you know, here's, I loved the atmosphere in Cade, uh, Cad Bane's hideout. Uh, it's got that familiar, like, Coruscant neon glow kind of thing going on with it, interspersed yeah. with, like, the fog or the steam or whatever that is. Uh, just, just a cool little, and this is what you said earlier. It's like all the Cad Bane stuff is cool. And everything else is you can kind of just take it or leave it, like whatever, you yeah. Know? But I thought that was cool. The his little hideout or whatever you want to call it, uh, cool little cool little thing there. And finally, three PO slips up and says, "The plans and the blueprints are not in my programming. That's what R two's specialty is, you know." 
<laughs> and kind of 3PO realizes just a little bit too late that uh, he kind of made a mistake there and it kind of gave up his buddy there, you know. Yeah. But uh, Cad Bane stuff, like I said, that, that, that's always cool and, and some of the shots they did with him. Uh, and we'll get to more of that uh, in a little bit, though. Um, R2-D2 leaves the droid spa looking shiny and clean. He spots the container of Jogan fruit lying in the street, but his gold friend is nowhere in sight. He retrieves the container and begs, uh, begins looking for 3PO. Toto 360 and Helios 3E return to the marketplace, and R2 flees, dropping the Jogan fruit along the way. Sorry, even even just the recaps putting me to sleep right now. <laughs> hey, did you notice real quick? Did you notice that uh, right in here, there's one droid that it kind of had a C-3PO body, but it had like a Lego-type head? Did you see that droid? No, I missed that. Oh, I'll man. have to go back and watch the episode. It, well, I don't, I don't know if I want to make you go through that. You know, <laughs> but anyway, no, some of you might, that are yeah. some of our listeners might, it, just, it, was, it was wild. It had a C-3PO, but the head had like, it looked just like a Lego head. It was, it was a trip. But uh, anyway, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, Cad Bane continues to torture C-3PO, and the protocol droid still reveals no useful information. Meanwhile, R2 hides from his pursuers in a dark alley. Bane's droids give up their search, and Toto threatens to destroy 3PO if he does not tell Bane what he wants to know. Not wanting his friend to come to harm, R2 gives away his location and allows the droids to take him prisoner. He is not here. Bane will not be pleased if we come back empty-handed. If the Gold One cannot provide the information in his current state, then I shall personally dismantle every circuit in his plated little body to get those answers. <laughs> that will destroy him. Yes. Wise. I think not. Okay, the first time I saw this uh, episode, I was wondering if that was the case with R2 about purposely kind of giving away his hiding spot. Yeah. And uh, I, I guess that was the case. It kind of shows that R2 realizes, you know, hey, like kind of like C-3PO did earlier, uh, his buddy his, his buddy 3PO is going to get destroyed if, if he doesn't uh, kind of give up. So he knocks over whatever that thing was and kind of gives himself up but uh also from starwars.com uh c3po he makes mention that he was previously the protocol droid for the chief negotiator in the manacron system something like that um so i, I apparently this supports george lucas's original character notes that c3po be like over 100 years old at the time of a new hope uh, and nine-year-old anakin skywalker did not build c3po from scratch but rather rebuilt an older droid that had previously uh, previous protocol assignments, so that was kind of all new to me. I had no idea that, uh, and I don't know if anybody else did. If this was brand new information to come out about three PO, uh, about Anakin building him, but he had yeah. other previous protocol assignments. So I don't know. Kind of just in, these interesting facts that come out of the Clone Wars, and they and retcon some stuff in the in the old trilogy. Did you know anything about that, Mike? No, no, that wasn't that wasn't something that I had uh, previously uh, uh, heard anything about. So I think that's uh, new information. 
information. That's some, some new info dropping yeah. from the Clone Wars. And we're searching for something in this episode. So, yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, Toto and Helios 3E bring R2 back to Bane's hideout. The bounty hunter plugs R2 into his computer and tortures him. And he finds the blueprints he needs in the droid's memory banks. After downloading the data, Bane leaves the, uh, to deliver the information to his client. He orders his droids to wipe R2 and 3PO's memories and dump them back in the street. Padme's dinner guests begin to arrive at her apartment, and she is troubled by the fact that the droids still haven't returned from their task. Meanwhile, Toto 360 and Helios 3E return to the marketplace in their speeder and toss 3PO and R2 out into the street. 3PO finds the container of fruit lying on the ground nearby, and he and R2 hurry to return it to Padme in time. So we're back to Padme and her party, where I really don't care what's going on here. <laughs> uh, that's all I got to say. Uh, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> uh, Cad Bane takes his personal starfighter to Tatooine and lands at the palace of Jabba the Hutt. Oh, something interesting. Yeah, that. here we go. He turns the Senate uh, building plans over to Jabba and receives a large sum of credits. Jabba requests Bane's help with an unspecified job, and the bounty hunter agrees in exchange for a hefty fee. The crime lord sends everyone except for Cad Bane out of his chambers, and he begins communicating via hologram with the leaders of the other Hut families. This was a very cool scene. Yes. Um, Finally, we're getting to something cool here. Good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, oh, just to see all the other huts and to see, um, for once, somebody taking a little bit of an interesting approach to them. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Zero was different enough, uh, but yeah. now we're getting like all of these different huts that almost look like different, different races or different like subspecies of huts. Like there's yes. the one that looks kind of more. Um, He's a, he's a lot blockier shaped. And mm -hmm. Yeah, just very cool designs. And and, um, and to see, like, especially the way that Bane refers to them as, like, the heads of the Hutt families. Yes, right. And right. it's like, they, it's, a, it's a real mafia feeling to it. And um, I'm really hoping that we get to explore a little bit more of this. Oh, later. yeah. yeah. You know and, of course, it's, it's always good to get one character who speaks in Huttes and... Uh, <laughs> They don't subtitle him on the Clone Wars, but he doesn't speak in basic. And there was a couple of moments where Bane was just responding back and forth yes. with Jabba, and uh, and it was just. And then the the rest of the huts spoke Huttese as well. So yeah, and that's something that uh, that I had written down in my notes too. First of all, I love the transition shot uh, that we get of Jabba's palace, where it, you know it's kind of yeah. dusk outside. You get the lights beaming through the uh, the windows. Just a great shot. I mean, it was perfect. It just like just like in the movies, fantastic shot right there. And then we get a great shot of Cad Bane walking into uh, Jabba's palace. You know, kind of putting his hat on. Uh, I, you know, I just love that subtle stuff they do, especially with Bane. You know, uh, and then we find out that Jabba is the one who wants the plans uh, of the Senate building. And uh, like you said, with the translation stuff, Mike, we uh, they actually use a translator for Jabba. So hey, I'm happy. You know me. I love yep. to. You know, that's what that's what pulls me into the episode because it, it it makes it feel like a, an OT type stuff. And and sometimes yeah. they do it with the music where they'll they'll infuse the the soundtrack with some 
uh, original John Williams stuff, and it just pulls me in more, and I'd love to see that stuff. So Yeah. Um, I'll continue here. Bane orders Jabba's protocol droid to translate the discussion for him, and the droid explains that the Huts are deciding what to do with Zero. Zero has information that could be dangerous to the Hut Council. So they want, him, uh, they want to break him out of Republic custody and keep him under their control. Bane understands that this is his new task. He interrupts uh, the meeting and introduces himself to the Hut Council, offering to take on any job for the right price. Apparently, Zero holds in his possession some dangerous information. Dangerous to the Hut Council. Aruba feels the council will be safer with Zero under their protection. They want to know who shall take on this very dangerous task. That would be me. Can't be at your service. I'll take on any job for the right price. Excuse All right, you know what's great about this is, well, what I thought was interesting first is, number one, there is a hut council, like you talked about just a second ago, Mike, made up of the uh, heads of the five hut families. Yeah. And uh, so that was kind of cool. Like you said, the mafia um, kind of kind of flair to it. So that's cool. And number two, the heads of this council are not too happy with Zero. And I, I don't think we know exactly what's going on with Zero because he's kind of the one who can't keep himself out of trouble maybe. Uh, and Zero holds some kind of information that is dangerous to the council. So they are really concerned on, you know, what are they going to do with him? Are they, it's almost like, they're, should we take this guy out or should we free him? And they decide to free him. So uh, Zero seems to me like he's the one where they're always having to, to clean up after, you know. You yeah. kind of get that in a lot of, lot of mob movies. There's always that one guy that's always screwing up, you know. And I think Zero is the one that's kind of like that. So this is a great scene. Like you said, the mafia type scene. They're all together figuring out what are they going to do with him. Hey, Cad Bane, this is what we're going to do. We're going to have you spring him. So probably the highlight, obviously the highlight of the episode was was this whole uh, yeah, for sure. couple minutes here with them. So Yeah. Uh, do you want to finish up there, Mike? Yeah, sure. Uh, back on Coruscant, C-3PO and R2-D2 return to Padme's apartment with the Jogan fruit, just in time for dessert. Oh boy, exciting. <laughs> uh, Anakin gets annoyed when 3PO can't remember where they've been or why they're late, but Padme is forgiving of the two droids and compliments them on the job well done. Excellent. Uh, 3PO, good job. Yeah. R2, alright. Uh, I tell you, you know what though? In all, in all fairness, this is not that bad of an episode. It's just like it is number like six or seven of like well I guess it's number six of, six, yeah. of just a string of boring episodes. I mean Assassin was good, but it wasn't as action packed as I would have liked. Right. And it was a lot more suspense based than anything. Right. Uh, if anything makes it uh, better than any of the other episodes that we've seen recently, it's that we got to see uh, a new planet and uh, and explore some new design elements and see some new characters and stuff. But yeah. other than that, 
it's kind of it's an all right episode. I wouldn't rank it in like the top ten. Yeah, you know what? I and, uh, and this this episode, it kind of gets the same bum rap that just because it's in a string of really uninteresting episodes, I'm uh, I'm really dissatisfied with it. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think that's a good point. I mean, here's yet another episode where I wonder uh, why we actually needed to see this. I mean, can't this be incorporated like into the opening newsreels? Like, yeah, we, I think we talked about that before. It's, did we really need to see this? I don't know. I mean, unless there's more to the Hunt Council and, and freeing Zero, I don't know. Uh, but for me, Cad Bane and 3PO were the highlights. There, there wasn't too many highlights in this episode. Um, and one thing that was kind of interesting, though, uh, watching the documentary where uh, Dave Filoni discusses how Anthony Daniels is so, he's so ingrained into the C-3PO character that he actually offers suggestions on how the dialogue should read. Uh, and this is uh, Anthony Daniels talking to uh, Dave Filoni and he was reading some of the, the dialogue and he goes no uh, that's you know that doesn't sound right how about this and and I just thought it showed how how like I said Anthony Daniels is C-3PO and to have him come to you and say hey this is how I think it should should read I mean I thought that was pretty interesting I don't know if you got a chance to see the documentary uh, again one of those documentaries where not much to d- talk about you know as far as this episode but the, yeah. the point about Anthony Daniels was, was kind of interesting. So, yeah, like I said, another one of those episodes where you're just like, I mean, it was okay, but for season three, your expectations are so high yeah. that you, you kind of let down a little bit. Yeah, like and, and, I'm, and I'm trying to look at these things objectively. And right. even from an objective point of view, it's just like, how do you start with the two episodes that we started with and then follow up with this? I mean, when we come back, because I'm pretty sure that Hunt for Zero is going to be the first episode before winter break. Right. Uh, or the, I should say the last episode. Right, um, right, right. And then it's going to be like January before we get a new one, just because none of the websites are reporting anything yeah. in, the, in the next couple of weeks. So um, when you we know. come back, we better just get like it's gonna be on, man. 12 it's episodes be. of amazing stuff. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff that we haven't even got to yet. I mean, just yep. you know, all the big no, stuff. No commandos yet. I mean, yeah, all the big stuff. Yeah, yeah. Oh, how do you show those commandos at C five back in August, and then we still have not seen them? <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's like you said. We're, we got a lot of good stuff to get to, and uh, I guess the second half of the season is going to blow the roof off. Hopefully, so. Yeah. I guess with that, we'll head on over to the mailbag. Excuse me, but might I interrupt you for a moment? Metropolis Comics is a new breed of comic store. We're cleaner, brighter, we're constantly adapting, providing you with all the toys and comics you're looking for. Transformers, Star Wars, Marvel, DC, Magic the Gathering, Yu-Gi-Oh, Gundams, Final Toys, T-shirts and comics, movie toys, World of Warcraft, G.I. Joe and comics, comics, model supplies, statues, graphic novel, which is just another way of saying comics. We're right across the street from Metrotown, but hold on, wait a minute. Did you say that you don't live here? Well, now you don't have to. Metropolis Comics and Toys is opening an online store. Did you just jump for joy? Stranger things have happened. For instance, some people badly want to shop with us online, but then they forget the website. Don't let this happen to you. www.metropolis-comics.com www.metropolis-comics.com The Secret Stash Online. Uh, everything's under control. Situation normal. What happened? Uh, hit a slight weapons malfunction, but, uh, everything's perfectly alright now. We're fine. We're all fine here. Now, thank you. How are you? All right, uh, here we go. Uh, with the real, real quick, before we get into the mailbag, yeah, uh, Johnny from Metropolis Comics and Toys just wanted me to let 
any of the uh, local Vancouver Frontlines listeners know that if they come into the store, into Metropolis Comics and Toys, and uh, and if they mention uh, that they they heard the advertisement on uh, on the show, that uh, that he'll give them a special deal oh, on awesome. uh, on some Star Wars stuff. So um, I'm not I, I'm not 100 percent sure exactly what Johnny is going to do for those people, but. Uh, but yeah, if if you live in the Vancouver area, of which I know there are at least a couple listeners, then uh, yeah, just uh, just come into the store and uh, and 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 mention that you're a Frontlines listener and that you heard the advertisement on the show, and uh, and uh, and he'll do uh, he'll do something special for you. So excellent, um, good deal. Good that's deal. just a little tip There's for people. Tip. Now we can get into the uh, the mailbag. Yeah, go ahead, Mike. So uh, Jared Sly writes to us, uh, Hey, Mike and Matt, first of all, keep up with the great shows. I have a prediction for Season 3. You may remember that in the first trailer for Season 3, Cat Bane was dueling Obi-Wan with a green lightsaber. I predict that lightsaber may belong to Quinlan Voss, who will appear in Season 3. Wikipedia lists Quinlan to be in Episode 9, Hunt for Zero, along with Bane and Kenobi. But hey, anyone can edit that thing. Do you agree, or is that a stretch? That's from Jared. He says, P.S. Assassin was a great episode. The trade disputes end once and for all. Unfortunately, <laughs> trade disputes lead to yeah. uh, Assassin episodes, which lead to Jogan Fruit. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, really. To answer, to answer your question, uh, and if you've been to CloneWarsPodcast.com recently, and my phone is ringing, um, and it's going to continue to ring. Sorry, I forgot to turn that off every just let that go to, to voicemail. Um, we just posted a video last week that shows Quinlan Voss for the first time in the series. So uh, if yeah. you are, uh, if you're on the internets, which if you're listening to this podcast, I hope you're on the internets, um, you can head over to CloneWarsPodcast.com and you can check out that clip, which does in fact verify that that Quinlan Voss is in this next episode. Yes. And uh, yes. I do believe that will be uh, his lightsaber that Cat Bane has. So. You think so, huh? Wow. Something's yeah, because Voss has a green lightsaber. Yeah, he does have so. a green, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Kind of, yeah, I'm really excited about next week. About I don't know, are, we, are they listing Corey Burton as a, a voice in the next episode? I didn't notice. I did not notice. Yeah, I haven't taken a look yet, so. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'll talk about... Uh, my feelings about Quinn Levas when we get to the uh, preview for next week, but uh, yeah, I think your your uh, questions and your predictions are already coming true. He's coming in this episode, in this next episode, so I'm looking forward to looking forward to that. Um, yeah, and this is definitely I, I'm pretty sure that we talked about this on the forums, of, of which I have not been on in like a month, but um, but yeah, I will be back on the forums soon, you guys. Yeah. Uh, speaking of which, we got a forum post of the week. Yes. And this one is entitled Sidious versus Four Jedi Masters. And this is posted by Darth Wally. And uh, he writes, When Mace Windu and three other alleged Jedi Masters go to arrest Palpatine, Egan Kolar and Seisei Tin are not even speed bumps and are dispatched by Palpatine Sidious like baby seals. Kit Fisto at least managed, manages to block one or two attacks before being slain. Is Sidious that powerful? Or do many of the Jedi Masters need remedial lightsaber training? So, <laughs> interesting. Uh, you know what? This was one of a uh, point of contention for me as far as Episode 3. I thought 
they could have gone so much further with this lightsaber battle. I mean, talk about a, a serious battle here. I mean, you got three Jedi Masters going against uh, Sith Master, and they could have done a bunch of stuff with this, but they took kind of the easy route, and it was basically just Mace and uh, uh, Palpatine. But, so I kind of I was kind of bummed about that when I first saw it because I, I wish they would have done a little more with that. Now I remember reading the book, the novelization, Mike, and if I remember right, I think Sidious threw actually threw a lightsaber at I think it was uh, I think it was Egan Kolar, and that's how he went down. Um, and I can't even remember how Sase went down and and Kifisto, I think got his head chopped off. This is in the novelization. I, I, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I have to reread it again. It, it's been a while since I read it. Um, but a little different take there on the novelization. I don't know. What do you What do you think about uh, that scene in Revenge of the Sith? Did that kind of leave you with a? Uh, you kind of wish there was more to that. I think that like a great many things in Revenge of the Sith. Uh, there was just way too much crammed into one movie. One movie, and, yeah, uh, yeah. And it suffers from uh, overcrowding, and they just they had to deal with with uh, they they planned things, and then for some reason, rather than deciding, okay, then I guess we won't send a bunch of Jedi. Um, they they went through with it, and they just sort of wrote around it, like these guys just die right yeah. off the bat. Um, mm-hmm. I do appreciate that Kit Fisto does make it a little while longer. Yeah, um, that, <laughs> a couple that, of blocks. Yeah, yeah, that does kind of make me happy because I'm a Kit Fisto fan. But um, I mean, I, what are you gonna do? It's it's just it's a movie that that suffers from overcrowding. Um, yeah, the, I think that's the biggest thing. The Kashyyyk battle was something that I think we were all really psyched for, and uh, what was it? It was a, a couple of clips yeah. of some stuff that happened. Right. Um, Obi-Wan on Boga uh, fighting Grievous on the, the wheel bike. I thought that was going to be another speeder bike chase, like uh, Return of the Jedi. That would be like a, a five to ten minute sequence. Mm-hmm. It is, I think, a minute and a half before they're they're off of those and fighting hand-to-hand. Right, he loses right. lightsaber or he loses before that. But yeah. he has no lightsaber and they have to fight hand-to-hand. And it's kind of... Um, uh, similarly, at the beginning of that battle, I mean, uh, Grievous has four lightsabers, and Obi-Wan very quickly reduces him to having none. Yeah. And right. uh, some people would say that that's because Obi-Wan's the greatest Jedi who has ever lived, and his skills cannot be matched by anyone, not even a four-armed cyborg wielding uh, stolen lightsabers. But uh, what I would say is that it's really, really difficult to choreograph a battle between a human actor and yeah. a fake robot that's not there. Like, right. it's not even a robot. It's a fake robot. It's, it is a computer-animated CG robot, and how are you going to choreograph that fight? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So what they do in order to get around that is they just make Obi-Wan a real badass, and he just... Cuts off some arms. And get rid of, get rid of some of those lightsabers. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. he just gets. I mean, it, honestly, Grievous does his spinny thing, and we saw that in like the micro series and and other stuff. And it was like, whoa, Grievous is going to be really hard to fight. And then what does Obi Wan do? 
path of least resistance sort of thing. Like he just sticks his lightsaber in there and stops them, yeah. and then deflects and then chops some arms off. And I mean, like you, you like they they did it in a way that it makes Obi Wan look like he's an incredibly capable capable Jedi, and that he's he's a really good swordsman, but. It's really just like let's get rid of this problem right off the bat. Like, but the the thing of it being, you guys created the problem. <laughs> nobody nobody made you give the guy four lightsabers. You decided to do that. It's just like the dual lightsaber battle in Episode Two. Mm-hmm. That uh, like yeah, it yeah. goes on for like two seconds, and it's not even really a battle. Like it's it's a couple of uh, lightsaber strokes before. Anakin loses that second saber, and then they just have their lightsabers above their head for five minutes. Yeah. Um, I mean, a duel of the fates set a standard, and then I think uh, until we get to battle of the heroes at the end of episode right. three, we don't really get to see that again. Right. And and I think that's just kind of the way it is because it's really difficult to do those fights. And Ian McDiarmid is an old dude, and the the stuntman can only be used for so many things, especially in close quarters like that. Yeah. Uh, You'll notice that, like, Sidious does a lot more in the battle with Yoda. Oh, yeah. Because you're you're farther away, and you can allow for more to happen in that space. Right. Um, Because you can use a stunt double, and you can use a CG double, and you can do a lot of stuff like that. Um in Palpatine's office, there's just not a lot of room for anything to happen. And uh, quite honestly, I, I would have preferred to have either come into that after the fact, as Anakin, like along with with Anakin, mm-hmm. having him come down the corridor and see dead Jedi, and for him to be like, oh no, what have I done? I'm too late. And then yeah. to come to the room and see that Mace has Sidious up against the ropes, rather than what we get, which is Mace and the others busting in and then Anakin showing up late. Um, I think sticking with Anakin's perspective would have made that a lot more powerful, but what are you going to do? They're yeah. not my Yeah. Well, you know, I love, I like the way <laughs> that Sidious or Palpatine started off. I mean, he does that spinning thing, and, and you hear this big, like, guttural thing come out of him, and that was pretty awesome. You're like, whoa, I remember watching the trailer going, oh, that's, that is freaking cool. Yeah. And then, boom, boom, it's like it's over. You know, I liked the way he fought um, Mace. I thought that was a pretty cool fight. Yeah. Uh, but like he said, it's just not enough time, and there's so much lightsaber fighting going on in this movie. Um, then maybe they should, like you said, just. I mean, this is two movies right here, really. I mean, you, there's so much yeah. going on. It was crazy. But you know, Sidious is—he's a bad dude. I mean, this is a, a Sith, and he's been a Sith for a while. And then he obviously—I mean—he battled Yoda fairly, fairly well, and was able to. Yeah. Uh, kind of battle to a truce with Yoda, so, and he's supposed to be the baddest dude in the land. Well, so, you know, I, I, I can think, see how he can take out these other two guys. I think what you have to remember about uh, Sidious is that fighting is not his his uh, first um, his first inclination, and I think that with some of the other Jedi or Sith, that uh, you're gonna get fancier battles and a little bit more flourish and this is a little bit more in universe than what I was saying before mm-hmm. but I, you have to remember that Sidious is the dude who stuck around for as far as we know I think like hundreds of years right if you go back to like sort of the idea of the Bane novels and all that sort of thing right? Um, 
and with him and Plagueis. And I guess we'll find out when that novelization hits, um, just what, what, well, like how long Sidious has been around and how long he's been pulling the strings. But if, if you can look at it and kind of go, okay, well, he's been around for a while and he's been biding his time and he's been setting all these dominoes up without ever having to use force lightning or a lightsaber or resort to any of that sort of stuff. And, uh, and he takes over the galaxy only having to use his lightsaber twice. I mean, like, yeah, that's, right, right. that's a dude that, like, he is... He's a master of simplicity, and his fighting style, I, I would think, reflects that. that right, right. Yeah. Instead of, like, the, the Jedi thing of, like... Uh, you know, oh, I'm form, form six. Oh, I'm form three. I'm form two. I think with mm-hmm. Sidious, it's like he doesn't have a form. He right. just gets the job. <laughs> so, yeah. If you yeah. need an in-universe explanation, that's the one that I would give. Is that he just he he is so powerful on the dark side. He's clouding their minds. It's a small space. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's using all of those things to his advantage, and he just I mean he he leaps from that desk like you're saying and spins. And these two Jedi are just like, what? Yeah, what they don't know what's happened? coming at them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I mean, like, if you put Obi-Wan in there, I'm sure Obi-Wan could handle himself because Obi-Wan has fought two Sith Masters, not Sith Masters, but Sith, well, Sith Lords at this point. Like, he's fought Maul and defeated him, and he's fought uh, Dooku and survived, and then fought Dooku again for about five seconds and survived again. So... Uh, these other Jedi, they don't yeah. have any experience fighting Sith, mm-hmm. right? Like they've, you have to remember is that that like the the Jedi have been complacent and haven't had to use their lightsabers against another lightsaber except for in practice. Yeah, for and, a long time. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and and like for for generations, right? I mean, it's been it's been generations since the Sith were defeated, so these guys are just using their lightsabers against blaster bolts for yeah. the most part, and, droids, uh, and to yeah. cut doors open and, and slice droids in half. Yeah. And that's a very different experience than than what uh, Obi-Wan and Anakin and and, uh, and Yoda have been up against right, recently. Yeah. So, that's a good uh, point. I kind of forgot, for, totally forgot about that, but you're right, yeah. 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 So, Anakin and Obi-Wan are the only ones that, uh, yeah, true. And, it, you know, if we take Clone Wars into account, then, then Kit Fisto fought against Grievous, Grievous because yeah. we saw him do that in uh, Layer of Grievous. So right. you can say, okay, well, there's a guy who's got a little bit of experience, and so he lasts a little bit longer, right? He's used his lightsaber against other lightsabers in a real combat scenario. So he keeps his cool. And I know the other guys are Jedi Masters as well, but it's that split second, and that's all that Sidious needs to take advantage of the situation and do what do what he does so right so there you go there that's it is my, that's my side of it good stuff good stuff so uh, yeah thanks uh darth wally keep it going in the forums yeah, yeah, forums good, have been good good thing to bring up that's a, that's a fun thing to discuss on the show and i yeah. like it when, when we can get into that stuff so get into that's some what the forums are for yeah get into some other stuff clone wars or star wars or ot yeah. prequel whatever it's all it's all fun so with that, we will get to the upcoming episode description, and, and it is Hunt for Zero. The Hut Council is after Zero, but the Huts aren't the only ones. 
Will they catch up with the treacherous hut, or can they, or can Obi Wan and Jedi Master Quinlan Vos bring him to justice? On an all-new episode of Star Wars: The Clone Wars, the Hut's got Zero out of prison, but he's still not cooperating. Zero has damaging evidence against the Hut Council. So, we doing business or not? Zero better hope Cad doesn't get to him before Obi Wan and his new partner do. All-new episode of Star Wars The Clone Wars, Secrets Revealed, next Friday night at 9, 8 central. I'm not a perfect huh? Only on Cartoon Network. All right, so I'm definitely excited. Have you heard that before? I No, I haven't. You haven't seen and the preview? I, it sounds like there was a lot of action to go along with it. Oh, you haven't seen the preview? No. Oh, wow. Just I mean, the preview we have up on our website. Oh, uh, yeah, this is it's crazy. I mean, it's got Cad Bane with a flamethrower. I mean, it's it's... Nice. He's, he's doing some I'm crazy stuff. It's it's awesome. It's like they're gonna give us an awesome episode, and then they're going to uh, <laughs> go to a break. Gonna, yeah, <laughs> then they're gonna break, yeah. and we're not gonna see anything for like a month and a half. <laughs> yeah, I'm really excited. I mean, we got Cadman coming back. We got a new Jedi, new yep. Jedi Master joining the Clone Wars. This is awesome. Quinlan Voss. This is yes. the thing I've been waiting for, man. Just a cool, totally Jedi, uh, you know, human or whatever you want to call it, character, man. I'm, no, yep. no disrespect for uh, the ladies and for Ahsoka and all that, but man, just another cool, you know, big male. And, he, and he's got this way about him, like he's almost yeah. like a Han Solo type of. Totally, totally. Way, he's you know, like, he's he's like a, a dreadlocked yeah. Han Solo with a lightsaber. Totally. Yeah, yeah. I and that's what's you. so cool about it. That's what I'm excited about. So, I don't know too much about Quinlan Vos. I, I was going to go back, and before next episode, I'm going to go back and do a little reading up, up on him, just on an EU's perspective on what's going on with him. But uh, hopefully in this series, we'll get kind of a clear picture of what's, yeah. uh, what is and what uh, what's going on with Quinlan Voss. So that's coming up next week, so I'm really excited about that. Uh, I think that's going to do it for us this week, though, Mike. What do you say? So that's it. Uh, thanks for listening, and don't forget to check us out online at www.clonewarspodcast.com you can follow us on twitter our username is clone wars so that's twitter.com slash clone wars uh, and of course you can always head over to facebook and join our group facebook.com slash clone wars podcast and uh, of course do not forget to join us on the star wars daily forums at uh, forum.starwarsdaily.com eventually that will be a functioning website but uh, not anytime soon um, <laughs> yeah. but uh, more on that later yeah. Uh, but yeah I, so that, that's us for this week uh, we will be back next week with uh, with the episode uh, Hunt for Zero and some Quinlan Boss stuff and hopefully we'll be enthusiastic and excited to talk about some Star Wars um, as opposed oh, yeah. to oh, yeah. it's uh, looking like falling it's looking asleep good. during recording <laughs> it's um, looking good looking yeah good. So, uh, so we will see you guys next week alright see everybody next week Well, another close to another wonderful show. Obi-Wan Kenobi here saying thank you for listening to Frontlines, the Clone Wars podcast. Brought to you, of course, by StarWarsDaily.com. The force is strong with you all, and it will be with you always.